Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Scott Newark is former Alberta prosecutor. He's now a professor at Simon Fraser University, also was the head of the uh, Canadian Police Association, executive director. Jeff Manishin is a former prosecutor, criminal defense lawyer in Hamilton, and uh, lead defense counsel, as I said earlier, in many prominent criminal trials. Can I ask, ask you guys to stop moving, please? Because somebody's moving and it's, it's, it's making a whooshing sound. Uh, Scott, first of all, can you define what NCR is supposed to be or what it is? Well, it used to be, in my day, it was called insanity under Section 16 of the Criminal Code, and then it was changed to, quote, not criminally responsible. And essentially, uh, it provides that uh, uh, a person can be found not guilty of an offense, even if they uh, committed the act, if they uh, were suffering from a mental disorder. That means, in other words, a specific recognized mental disorder that rendered them either incapable of uh, understanding or appreciating what it was that they were doing or that they what they were doing was wrong. The uh, uh, onus on that is uh, on the person alleging it, but so there's uh, uh, two essential options that are there. And um, as I've uh, mentioned before, and because uh, this is an issue that you've covered, uh, essentially what uh, is alarming to me is, uh, I think in the increasing use of it is, uh, in effect, the crime becomes the defense. It must be so, you know, especially in, oh, it's so horrific, the person must have been crazy. Well, actually, no, we have a criminal justice system. You know, let's listen to the facts and uh, allow for the examination and cross-examination of the witnesses for our courts to make the decisions. Jeff, what's your definition of, uh, of NCR, and is it becoming a menu item for criminal defense lawyers? It's not becoming a menu item. The definition that Scott has given it is essentially right. The burdens on the defense to show on the balance of probabilities the individual was incapable of appreciating the nature and quality of his act or incapable of knowing it was morally wrong. And there, there needs to be psychiatric evidence to support that. that it happens as a result of a disease of the mind. So Roy, it's not at all a menu item. We don't choose from a, a, a collection of lists of things. And it certainly isn't, as Dave Jasher called it, a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's totally wrong. The individual will be held... And there will need to be a review board hearing to determine where he may well be. And you could have individuals who are in the custody of a secure psychiatric facility for many, many years. So it's not a menu item. If the evidence is there, you can advance it. And it's not based on the crime. It's based on the individual. You need to have the psychiatric assessment to the individual. Jeff, can I, can the, I just the ask you, uh, I, I listen to that segment as well, too. Scott, and when I, hold on, hold on. Get, not both of you, um, just finish your thought there, yeah, the uh, Jeff, and then I'll get Scott in. To finish the thought, and then I went back and looked. Well, about three years ago, when this incident happened, like 2016, he was assessed by psychiatrists. He wasn't even fit to stand trial. So it took a couple of years for the doctors to work with him to get him to the stage of being found fit to stand trial. The first issue is, did he do the offense or not? That was clearly done on a judge-alone case, almost an agreed statement of facts. The second stage of it now will be, was the NCR today? So Tashera is wrong on that. It can happen in a two-stage process. You first decide, did he commit the offense? The second is... Can the defense show he was not criminally responsible? Right, let me get uh, Scott in on this now. Go that's, ahead, Scott. The point that uh, Jeff just made is what I wanted to ask about, because that's what struck me when I read the uh, the clipping about it, was that he'd already gone through a trial and was found to be uh, uh, criminally responsible. 
And that instead of, you know, in, as it is in, uh, uh, you know, every other case that I've ever encountered, that's what the, the plea is entered. Instead, this guy actually went through and was found criminally responsible. And in effect, he's appealing it by saying, well, no, I'm actually not criminally responsible. What, then why did he have the trial? It was mischaracterized in the news reports as I read them, Scott. It was two-stage. Judge alone, the judge had to go through a written report and decided essentially on the report the offense was made out. But the second okay. stage, I'm sure everybody knew the second stage was going to be the NCR. If the guy was not fit initially, Scott, you and I both know an NCR defense is coming. So let's talk about the cardiologist in Quebec. What went wrong there, do you think? Well, I, I don't know the details of the case uh, well enough, but, I mean, it, essentially it is obviously that um, uh, based on the actions of the individual, there was a reevaluation of whether or not That's right. that was the, That's right. the correct verdict. He, he, he killed his children, little children, stabbed them to death 30, 40 times. And then he was found not criminally responsible. And then he gave interviews saying, when I get out, I'm going to be, yeah. get my license back and I'm going to get married and have more children. And the prosecutor said, well, let's take another look at this. So they took it back to court. Now he's in jail. He's in prison, sentenced for murder. Jeff, I've what went wrong the there? Happened, where an individual was convicted at trial. No, let's talk about that case. No, what, do you, what do you what do you think happened? What do you think happened? Subsequent review and appeal, it turns out the fellow was NCR, and and so you've had verdicts reversed, so it yeah. can happen. What do you make of that particular case? I don't What's know your sense? Of the facts. I'd say that if the psychiatric fresh evidence showed that they got it wrong, that's something the crown can do. Our system does permit fresh evidence on appeal. What do you think of the fact that? Um, we have situations now, we have a situation in, uh, in, in Calgary with the Brentwood Five, and I've talked to one of the dads of one of the young people who was stabbed to death. And now it looks like the Provincial Health uh, Board that is ruling on this on an annual basis, we're reporting board. on it. Let yeah. me finish. Um, that, uh, that board is now stepping back from what was said in the previous five years or four or five years, according to what the dad told me. So is this a fluid situation where you can, let's, this brings back the Quebec story perhaps as well. Is it a fluid situation where you can revisit an NCR? Is, uh, do, do, do the boards ever say, you know, we've been, we've, we've, we've treated this individual or we've medically assessed them and we really now think that maybe there was no reason for NCR. No. Has that ever happened? No. No, that's and not the, the function of the what, review board. What, right? uh, the point that Jeff made is correct. What happens when this determination is made is that they, the individual is uh, put into the mental health system, not into the criminal justice system. And so there's a separate procedure for reconsideration. And that's part of what the difficulty is, is that the victim's families are re-traumatized you know, much more frequently because these hearings happen, with one exception, every year. And so the victims' families have to go through this, and it's it's difficult for them. But they can change the conditions, and they're almost always made which easier, which they've done they in the Calgary case. More tough. Yeah, they've done that in the Calgary case. Yes, they actually did. The board actually changed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I talked to the dad about that. Um, so, so it's your sense then, Jeff, and you were a prosecutor, you're a criminal defense lawyer, and I are very good at it. Is it your sense then that this this NCR is not um, available? for convenience for someone who's committed a crime and then suddenly has a, a sense that, no, I didn't know what I was doing. Exactly it can't, right. uh, is it your sense it can't be manipula manipulated? That's my view. I think that you need a sound basis in, in psychiatry from the standpoint of expert opinions and recognize the Crown has the capacity to call ev evidence from experts to be able to challenge that. They will regularly ask to have the opportunity to assess the accused themselves, have their psychiatrists do it. 
So you may wind up with competing expert opinion. And remember, the burden's on the defense to have to show it's more probable than not. Scott, what's your sense of of somebody who is NCR, who's committed a very horrible crime, uh, like Will Baker, and uh, that's his new name, of course, and and then gets released, uh, basically, it can happen in a year, it can happen in two or three, four years, and is released without any record of any kind of the acts he's committed. What's your, what's your sense on that? Well, logic is that they're not criminally responsible, and therefore the provisions of a sentence don't apply to them. Okay, but I, I just want to go back to the point that Jeff made. I get that point, but shouldn't there be some sort of public understanding of what they've done? The witnesses and present the evidence that contradicts the allegation of not criminally responsible. That is, in my opinion, exactly what is going to happen in the Alec Manassian case that's ongoing in Toronto. So, Jeff, uh, final question for you. We only have a few seconds. Should the act of the individual who's been declared NCR, like Will Baker, uh, should his act that he committed not be part of his public record, so that people know who they're dealing with, because if he went off his meds again, and or I can just take a hypothetical case, if he went off his meds and something happened and went out of, you know, something terrible happened, shouldn't there be some sense of who people are dealing with? When you say part of his public record, if you have a situation where somebody, that's how you know. You know what I'm saying. Let's not get into semantics. I only have a few seconds. Do you think there should, it should be, it should be known, be available to police, for example? I would think the police have access to that information. No, sure. they don't. The reason no, being, they, they check occurrence reports, they'd have uh, police file numbers. Yeah, yeah but they're... Said that, however, he shouldn't be able to change his name. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.